Well, yeah, he said two. Okay. Damn it. We were so close. Oh, fuck it. Here we go. Fuck it. We do it live. Welcome to Beerfield, where uh, we're going to spend the majority of the show trying to figure out which coach that is African-American has uh, been hired three times, because that's apparently one, and we can't figure it out yet. More on that in a minute. I am your host at Beerfield Hop, as always, joined by at 3BFF, and that's not his Twitter handle, at Beerfield 3. I still haven't gotten that right. One day. And we are joined, because I've been doing this new thing where I introduce guests at the beginning of the show instead of the end of the intro so that they can join in the fun with us. Uh, we got Shane Manila from Dynasty Trades HQ, DLF, Fantasy Data, Dynasty Intervention, Mannequin Chill, pretty much everywhere. Uh, a hell of a time if you haven't listened to one of his podcasts before. We enjoy him. And uh, by this show, he was voted, voted Fantasy Football's Most Eligible Bachelor. So, <laughs> winner, winner of that feely from us. Wow, congratulations. Sweet. Woo! Sweet. What does he sweet. win? Another sad Tinder date. Ow! Oh. But he's eligible, ladies. Dan, okay. didn't, I mean, Dan didn't even know that either because my vote counts for two and his only counts for one. So, I, just, <laughs> I cast the only vote. I'm not picky. I'll take men, women, whatever. No. <laughs> I'm non binary, right? I don't think I, I don't think I use that term correctly at all. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so either. <laughs> you're, you're just fine. I don't think so yeah. at all. Not, yeah. not at all. All right. Uh, we got some, in, in addition to trying to figure out throughout the show uh, who the head coach was that's been hired three times. Uh, we've got some coaching, some other coaching updates for you. Some other news. Kind of a big news day. Um I mean, damn Brian Flores just overshadowing the Tom Brady retirement that was and then wasn't and then was again. I, love I mean, it. I mean, you know, he is he, you know, he did coach in the same division as him. That's it's one way that Miami can finally take, you know, charge over, you know, over the Patriots is Brian Flores, you know, calling him a scumbag franchise. It's true. And then we got some NFC Dynasty stuff for you. So. Uh, plenty to come on that. Before we do that, though, we're drinking. What's fueling beer fueled? All right, Dan, what do you got? I'm drinking not distilled today. I know. Shocker. Wow. First time for everything. Energy City. Ooh. They are finally back down in down in a, in a downstate Illinois. Uh, for those of you that are listening that are not in downstate Illinois or in Chicago, you're probably not going to get this. But I am drinking one of their Bistro series, which I'm glad that they finally can put down here. This is their lemon meringue pie. Uh, this is a blender style. You know, this is one of, you know, just like the 450 North stuff. This is heavily fruited, overly caloried um, beer, beer that doesn't taste like beer. It's modeled to taste like the dessert or smoothie that they're supposed to be representing. So uh saw them at uh at the old Benny's I used to work at and I needed to uh I needed to pick some up because big fan of this brewery. 
Awesome. My day to day was so good that uh, I had literally had one of the super one of the managers I work with send a bottle of bourbon to my house through Instacart. So that's that's how today has gone. I logged out approximately fifteen minutes before we started the show, which is why I was frantic and running late and fumbling with bad mic stands. Uh, but I'm excited because I got some maplewood I'd never seen before. If you've listened to the Ooh. show for a while, you know the throbbing erection I have for maplewood. Um, the stock is throbbing literally right now. I've got Grammy cakes. It's a pastry gay sale. It sounds like I may have had it. We're getting we're getting desserty here. It's an ale with uh, cinnamon, yes. vanilla, coffee, natural oh. graham, and natural graham cracker flavor. Do Girl Scouts cook? Do Girl Scouts sell this? Um, probably. I don't Girl Scouts. And I, don't Girl Scouts. I would spend more on them than I did on Girl Scout cookies. By the way, I don't know if. You've seen the meme, Dan, where it's like the stick, the crazy looking dude that's like, I'm going to mash in the Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. I bought a pound of the lemon Girl Scout cookies that I'm <laughs> definitely going to mash into something. Well, we're about to get a foot and a half of snow. So I don't have them yet. Mm. Cheers. This is why we're drinking dessert beers, because Illinois is about to set records for snowfall. At least downstate. I don't know about Chicago, but downstate. Uh, you know, I feel like the w- the weather report is going to be like what happens when I promise somebody 17 inches. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the inverse of how we used to predict players' heights and weights. Yeah, we're just going to come up a little bit short. <laughs> Shane, what do you? I, what do you got I, to look up? I'm switching things up, and I'm drinking a. Um... From a, a small little brewery um, called uh, Jack Daniels Distillery. Never and, heard of them. Yeah, yeah, little little up and comer. Uh, I love them. So I'm drinking a little Jack and Coke uh, this evening. Awesome. Um, in a Jameson cup because uh, why not? Well, I didn't feel like I didn't want to get a glass one. So I didn't want to get one of my glass uh, Jack and Coke cups out. I've been sipping Old Forester since about three o'clock until we hopped on here. So there you go. And there's a giant shelf of whiskey behind me. All right. News. Got some hires, and then we'll get into the the really fun stuff. All right. Starting off, not fun. Josh McDaniels to the Raiders. I hate it. Until he decides to back out. Last second. (laughs) You know, that's just what he does. Just pull out game strong. (laughs) So, devil's advocate. um, Sure. Because, you know, whatever. That's what I do. Hell yeah. So, maybe Josh McDaniels has learned a lot in the decade um, since he was last a head coach, right? Um, I know it's easy to poop all over his head for pulling out on uh, the Colts, but we can also look at it as, you know, he knew it was a situation that he was, his heart wasn't going to be into, that his mind wasn't going to be into, and he did the honorable thing and stepped away before he ruined the franchise. No. He, he decided to ghost, like he like decided to ghost him, but tell him first. Right. You know, you know, the, you know, the honorable thing to do on Tinder. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, hey, I'm. I just need you to know, I'm going to block you. I'm, I'm just going to let you know yeah. it's not. It's not me. It's you. It's definitely you. <laughs> like, it's, this is completely like there's nothing wrong with me. It's completely you. You weirdo. It's all <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say, I will say this for McDaniel's. I'll, I'll play a little bit into Shane's devil's advocate here. Um, there are some nice parallels between what he's had success with with the Patriots and what the Raiders current roster is. Um, you've got a couple of backs that you can mix and match. You've got it. You've got a tight end. 
that can very very easily be utilized in the receiving game, and you have a stud slot receiver that runs excellent routes. So there are a lot of parallels to the things that he used well in in New England that I think does make it make a bit of sense, uh, even including Derek Carr. I mean, we saw what he was able to get out of Mac Jones in, in year one and how he was able to game plan to that. So, you know, if he can make that translate better this time than he did a decade ago, then it could end up being successful. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, All right. The center of controversy right now, Brian Dable to the Giants. Oh, boy. Um, I, I liked the hire before I knew that it was, um, <laughs> I mean, it's it was still, involved it's, in a lawsuit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not, I mean, it's not yeah. his fault, but not his fault. It just, it just, it just goes to show that the giants organization might be a piece of shit. I mean, it's, I mean, it's pretty obvious at this point, but maybe this is a good hire. I wanted him in Chicago, like, or I really wanted him with Justin Fields, like every last part of me or in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, but that was, that was really a pipe dream. Um, Hey, Daniel Jones, let's go. Maybe he can get him up to like a QB 15 season. (laughs) They're going to draft the league Willis. Yeah. Just, just so he can be the quote unquote next Josh Allen. (laughs) Because you know, he's got a big arm and he's mobile. Well, and that's going to be what's interesting about Dable in New York is can he unlock another level of, of Daniel Jones, you know, how much of that was him versus Dorsey and Allen and him reaping the benefits. We'll see. Um, New York also a tough place to coach. So, you know, I kind of hate that for him because he's somebody that seems like the players like him after the success, success he had, I want him to do well. And New York is a pressure cooker uh, and with a dumpster fire of a roster right now. Yeah. That's the last place I would want a head coach. Yeah. He's got his work cut out for him. I think there's worse places that I, I mean, I, it's not just a team, but it's the fact that you're in New York's market and just, yeah, that's, it's, it's a lot. I mean, I mean, that does come with the job too. Like if you play with one of these, you know, high market cities, eh, no, and that, that just, no. All right. We'll see though. We will see indeed. Matt Eberflus to the bears. Um, Who? Matt Eberflus. <laughs> I literally no idea who that was. Like when I saw that come across my uh, Twitter <laughs> feed, I, I literally went, I don't know this guy. Like where, where, who? Uh, former for the, anybody else that's saying that question, former Colts defensive us. coordinator. Um, they are bringing in Luke Getze to be the offensive coordinator, who was the passing game coordinator for the Packers. Um, thanks for the formatting change. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, Iberflus Iber also has come out and said that unlike Nagy, he will not call defensive plays. Well, Nagy didn't call defensive plays either. He will not call plays from the position he came from. He is going to focus on actually being a head coach, which is kind of refreshing compared to what you normally see when a coordinator gets promoted. That means it can't be placed on him if if, if calls suck. All right. Um. <sighs> I mean, so what I like about it is is that he has enough sense to know that a coordinator job, a head coach job is very different than a coordinator job, right? Yeah. Um, the, obviously, there's been guys that have been able to handle all of it to certain levels of success, like Andy Reid, probably the most famous with his one Super Bowl. But then you have guys like Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is kind of like he'll step in when he feels like it, you know, on defense and whatnot. 
but he kind of lets his coordinators coach like, and that's kind of what you need to do as the head coach. Like you, you're a, what's the, you're like a vice president, president. You're like the president of the United States when you're a head coach. There you go. Sure. That analogy works. And yep. you want, you want your coordinators to be the Senate and Congress um, to pass laws um, and bills, but you want them, you want them to to do their job. You want, you want them to be able to call the plays and, you know, you want to be able to check in with both of them, but you got a lot on your plate as a head coach. A lot of CEO stuff. Um, I heard someone describe it as today, which is very true. Yeah, I. I it's well said. No, I mean, I got nothing. Yeah, to add, I got another dad. It's well said. We're just gonna God move damn, on. Shane, what did show he's, up? He's Fuck. showing up, coming out firing. Nathaniel Hackett to the Broncos. Rogers bait. I think we talked about this last week. Rogers likes him a lot. Yeah, he he was talking about how much he liked him and Getsy. Um who I know little to nothing about, although I read up on as soon as um, uh, Chicago hired him, because again, I wanted to see who was taking care of my Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I got. Rogers really likes him. He he called plays when Blake Bortles, he made Blake Bortles. He made good, Blake right? Bortles look good. Yeah. Bortles was good while he's with him, at least in garbage time. Yeah. It's, it's all like, that matters. It is what matters. Garbage he was good time. for yeah. fantasy. That's yeah. all that fucking matters for us. Right. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, Getze got a lot out of Rodgers the last couple of years with, you know, not a lot around him necessarily, as did Hackett. So, you know, it's good for good for the Broncos, who have a, a lot of weapons over there. It's definitely Rodgers bait, and we'll see how that unfolds over the offseason because we're not going to be able to shut up about that for four months. Rodgers, it like, like, it feels like a, you know, because he's a selfish piece of shit. Like, he wants to go to the best division in football. The hardest division to probably come out of in football for the next ten years, and like to prove that he's so better than Mahomes and Herbert, because like you know, you know, if you're a veteran quarterback trying to like go one last ride, why the fuck would you pick the AFC West? Um, like, why would you want to go through Mahomes ego. and Herbert? Right? That's that. That's got to be the case. Ego, like, and also Brady chose the NFC South, knowing Breeze is almost done yeah. matt ryan's almost done it may be warm that's great but a very easy division to walk through well there's <laughs> there there is also that you get to play the chiefs in the playoffs and the chiefs in the playoffs as per the norm of an andy reed coach team will shit all over themselves in the playoffs and lose <laughs> um so there's that so i mean he knows if he does see the chiefs in the playoffs he's going to knock them out so that's well that and, and then you get the you know see buffalo and baltimore and they, you know, now you have the oh. Bengals. It's like, yeah, man, I'm going to leave the NFC North. Remember a few years ago when the NBA was the West, the Western yeah. Conference was just dominating and it seemed like every, like it was just so much better. That's what the AFC is turning into. And I, I realized that when I was looking through some ADP today, but yeah. it's, it's, it's rough, man. Yeah. yeah. Like the NFC Conference is like barely any quarterbacks of the future. Like it's going to be rough sledding. Daniel Jones. We just talked about Daniel Jones. Oh, anyway, forget? I'm, I'm sorry, you know. And I feel like Justin Fields was tossed out there a minute ago, too. Well, one, okay. that's good. And you, you know how much I love Justin Fields. But one guy it's not going to be able to take on. It's going to shift, though. Five I mean, guys. they're, they're going to catch up here over the next couple of years, and some of those guys in the AFC, in the AFC you know, that are at least newer will, will flame out. But, I mean, they were going to have some established guys over there for a while. Right. Oh, yeah. then, oh no, I, I'm just yeah. It just happens that way. 
And then the 2023 NFL draft class with quarterbacks is going to be pretty good. So you got at least guys two are so end far. In, a lot of those guys will end up in the NFC because, frankly, the AFC is not going to need them. I mean, Detroit's pretty much getting there. Yeah. There'll be at least one team. Um, one, two. Nope. Raheem Morris, only two. I'm no, oh, damn it! I'm going through a list. You're going through the. We're going through it, folks. We're I am going through it. So if I'm a little slow or lackadaisical, that's why. Uh, the one guy I had to say who to Adam Stinovich, the Packers' run game coordinator, got promoted there, offensive coordinator. So yay! Congrats! Congrats! Not gonna run game much. looked pretty good. I mean, more more for AJ Dillon. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Lafleur's. I thought there was going to be. I mean, there there should have been more for AJ Dillon anyway. He ate into uh, no, no. I agree Aaron with Jones that. Share a lot, and you know, Aaron Jones is going to be twenty seven, twenty eight. I don't know. He's old um, for a running back, not for a human. Um, <laughs> and AJ Dillon looked. AJ Dillon looked like a stud last year. Really, to be quite honest with you, he's back there. He looked like a a good pass catcher. Like he's not going to. I don't. He's not the pass catcher. He's not at the level that Aaron Jones was. But he's definitely not hurting you out there. I mean, you know, with them having to move from potentially Rodgers to Jordan Love, you're going to want to have many hands to off. run more. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see a lot more RPOs and stuff like that too, probably. But it's it's in a good spot for them to be maybe run a little more run focused with because they still got a good defense too, right? Yeah, you, you both those guys might get 200 carries next year. They could. Very well could, especially if Rodgers goes. Mike McDonald hires the Ravens defensive coordinator. He's coming in from Michigan. Yep. Uh, I haven't looked much into him just yet, but. Yeah, I I haven't either. I, I, you know, Big Ten defensive coordinator, you know, that always seemed to be pretty good. It's it's defense. I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We don't fucking play IDP here. We don't talk defense here. The fuck is. Okay, then. Didn't go to school to play uh, IDP. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh, Vikings head coach, uh, unofficial right now, but rumored to be official in the next day or two. Yeah, there is a report. There's been a couple of tweets out there saying that uh, he will accept an offer if Minnesota lends one out tomorrow. Uh, obviously, very successful. The relationship with Balky back in San Francisco was pretty turmoil towards the end of his tenure, and that's what kind of let him to be the escape goat when everything, when all this shit hit the fan. So Harbaugh is a winning coach, you know, you know, I guess it's a, we'll see, Uh, you know, he's had reports of being pretty egotistical and and hard to work with, but a lot of that can be kind of quiet if you're winning games and, you know, perennial playoff team and, and potential Super Bowl favorites. So, Yeah, it's going to be, look, we know he can have success at the NFL level. It's going to be, we saw him have success at Michigan. It's going to be, can he transition back to the NFL game? It's not, I want to say it's not the same as it was when he left, but in a way, since, you know, he he coached with Kaepernick, it kind of was transitioning to more of what it is now. So, I... Harbaugh is one of the few that I don't worry about, like that the game has passed him up necessarily. I think he'll be and okay. I think he'll, and I think he'll come back in and, and with a chip on his shoulder. And I mean, the Vikings have a good roster. I think if they do hire 
Harbaugh, they're going to more than likely try to retain Cousins and, and, and try to squeeze what what's ever out of this defense. The offense, we all know, is definitely, you know, playoff caliber, you know, high high scoring caliber. So just whether or not the defense can, you know, can, I guess, overplay their their ability. So I'm, the only thing I'm worried about Harbaugh is um, he was death to wide receivers in college. Um, oh I God, I know that. <laughs> and they like kept D- getting five star recruits. And that's the thing, like DPJ <laughs> like, and Tariq Black, and, and yeah. there was another one after that. I forget who, but he, he had three five star recruits who. I mean, Nico Collins was a Nico four, Collins. Right? He was yeah. he was up there. I, I think their combined draft capital was like um, fifteen rounds. Because I don't even think Tariq Black was drafted. I, I don't even remember what happened to him, to be quite honest with you. He's still on my Debbie roster somewhere, and I'm like waiting for him. To, <laughs> like he's not turning pro. What's going on, guys? He's 26. I do worry a little bit about that, but I guess. I, Has he ever had a Justin a Jefferson caliber? Besides it'd be maybe, pretty hard to screw that up, right? Yeah, it, it, and you already have all the pieces in place. Yeah. You have a good passer and Cousins. Um, fifth highest winning percentage in uh, NFL history. 695 winning percentage. Three NFC championship games in four yeah, years, man. I, I don't really remember what happened in San Francisco while he left, to be quite honest with you. I don't feel like rehashing it. I don't really remember though. It there's a lot of there's a lot between him and Balky. Uh, they well, won eight and eight. I'm looking at the rep, you know, they won eight and eight. I think there is a lot of issues with with Kaepernick too, and then uh I forgot what who the backup was to that too. It, there are just a lot of problems. I think he just ended up being the escape goat. That air is good for podcasting. All yeah, right. no, I thought I was waiting for you to come in with some like profound thought there. I didn't have a profound thought. I'm still trying to figure We're out. We're goddamn committed to this state. I like it. Ken Dorsey, Bill's offensive coordinator. This is good. I was a little worried when you might be leaving for for New York. This gives the Bills continuity there though. That's all you need, right? That's all you need. Yeah. A little continuity. All right. But can I ask you this? Well, yeah. I don't know if you're... This makes me feel old. Does this make you feel real old? This makes me feel really old. I remember watching Ken Dorsey in college. Yeah, yeah you're kind of old. Yeah. Right. Ooh, Denny Green. Denny Green three times. Vikings, Arizona. That was just Vikings in Arizona. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I said that. I said that before we hopped on the air. I look. He's the first one I looked. Oh, did up. you? Oh, did yeah. you? Oh, I didn't hear you say that. Yeah, he was Damn the it. first one I looked up. Vikings forever, and then the Cardinals. Yeah, he's only two. But he lasts with the Cardinals two years. Uh, three. I think three. Is he, there three? Mm-hmm. he also coached in the um. Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson's Hugh Jackson. two. Two as well. Cleveland yeah. and Oakland. No, 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 no. no. Oh yeah, Oakland, yeah. Oakland yeah. and Cleveland. He was OC in yeah. Cincy. Yeah, yeah, it was Oakland. I wonder if it's a guy that was an interim coach for a half a year. That's got to be it. The well, old, we should share uh, share I, with the audience what we're trying to figure out. <laughs> I thought we've told. Them. So I, we're to I have. We're what, trying to figure out yeah. who who the one. Okay, let's just cut ahead because we're at the end of the coaching hires. We'll we'll go around this. Let's talk Brian Flores in that situation for a minute because that's what spurred all this. Uh, Brian Flores is suing the NFL, the Giants, the Broncos, and who's the third team? I don't uh, know. Dolphins? Miami. Yeah, Miami. Miami. That's what it is. Yeah. 
for uh, racism and discrimination in the hiring process. Bill Belichick texted him congratulations that he heard that the Giants were going with uh, Brian Dable before uh, Flores was ever interviewed. Uh, Stephen Ross apparently was trying to bribe Flores to uh, lose games and force him into tampering with Deshaun Watson. I, I Sorry. am so not Never shocked mind. by that. Is that who that was? Unnamed that, that superstar quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, unnamed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> unnamed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. By arranging a meetup on the yacht, which he then had to, to leave. So, um, yeah, he's suing for discrimination uh wants to see some some changes some programs you know i'd be surprised if there aren't some sanctions that come down for this at least for the steven ross shit and maybe on the giants for uh making up their mind before they interviewed the minority candidate yeah but you know and none of it's funny so i mean not saying what's funny about it a lot of this is shit that i've always thought like, I've always been like, this Rooney rule doesn't seem to be working. Because, like, they'd give a cursory interview to some guy. And it usually would be, um, and they've gotten a little better with it lately. But the NFL, you would usually give, like, a, a guy, like, that has no shot. Like, he, he, we were joking. He's, like, the special teams video coordinator. Um, and he's African-American. So some NFL team would give him a, an interview and be like, look, we 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 tried. We, we did our best. Um, and we did some math on it. There's been what 511 head coaches in the history of the NFL. Yeah, and something like that. 20 of them have been African American, which works out to 3.9% of the population. 3.9%. Like that's not you know, sometimes you can make stats say whatever you want, right? I've heard people say that. That's a pretty damning stat. Like that that's 96% of the head coaches in the history of the NFL I bet have, have have been white. <laughs> Or Robert Sala is uh, Iranian, right? Or Iraq? I, I forget. Yeah, I think he's like Middle that. Eastern. Middle Eastern. Yeah. Okay. So we'll take him out of it. So ninety-five point eight percent of the coaches in the NFL have been white. Like that is. There's no other way to say it, but that is an openly, blatantly discriminatory practice. You're like you can't be that white, basically, without trying. You literally can't. You just can't. You can't tell me that all these ex NFL players that can come through that are white guys that could somehow be coaches. The, the same, you know, the players, black African American players, couldn't have been coaches. It's just, it's clearly discriminatory. And I said that word wrong. Um, I, I just, I can't wait until discovery. I just want to see all this out in the open. Like, okay. uh, I, I want to see the text messages that Bill Belichick got. From the Bills, or right. excuse me, from the Giants, not the one that he sent. You know, the one where he 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 uh, he sent to the wrong Brian. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. He's supposed to go to Dabo when it went to Flores instead. Oh, uh, I'd God. love to see the text messages that he got. I'd love them. Look, we saw Gruden's emails, right? Um, and that was very specific. The NFL was like, "Hey, we want Gruden gone, so we're going to let these emails leak." I, I want the rest of those Washington uh, Dude, emails we all to do. leak. Like, I just want it all to come out because it's ugly, right? And and the only way to clean it up is in sunlight. Like, that's the yeah. best antiseptic. No, I, I want it all to come out as well. And I want to see them come down. I mean, there, there's multiple issues at hand with this. It's not just the racism issue, which is huge. And if you've watched the NFL, if you've followed the hiring cycles, you know this happens. There's no reason that Eric Bieniemy doesn't have a job, right? There's no reason that... 
Byron Leftwich with his track record of success under Arians was was not higher. That you know Jacksonville somehow got close and then screwed that up. Yeah, it's convenient. Conveniently, <laughs> um, you know, there, there's there's just no way that that's that's not the case. And then we know taking is rampant in the NFL, but this is it. This is the first time you've yeah. had damning evidence of a GM actively trying to incentivize tanking, and then the forced tampering. Like I would be surprised if with the tanking allegations, if something doesn't happen on the on the Steven Ross front outside of just you know find I wonder if he'll be treated like um like Bounty Gate you know you know when you're actively trying to hurt players and you saw fines draft picks uh, taken away Sean Payton was was banned for a year I wonder if you're gonna see I mean I know from the owner's level it, it might be more tough to do but you know, I'm wondering if that's what type of uh, punishment that we're looking at as they're doing, you know, their their full on investigation. So here's the problem, right? You're 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 trusting. And I know we're, I'm talking about. I'm throwing yeah, all these issues I, into the same thing. I know, I know. We're expecting the NFL to self police themselves, right? Yeah. Clearly, that's not worked in the issue of race. Like, I think that, and I think the only thing that ever scares any of these owners is threatening their antitrust exemption. Um, which just for shorthand would cost them a shit ton of money, a fuck ton of money. Um, and that's all they care about. And I think that's literally the only thing that would change the practices in the NFL. Um, because look, the Rooney rule has been in place for how long now? Uh, 20, 30 years. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it hasn't helped. It literally hasn't. Um, like we were just reading when we were trying to find which, uh, how the history of NFL black coaches. And I saw there was, a story three years ago about how there was only three black NFL coaches. And now I'm like, well, there's one, there's, there's one, one now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I don't like the federal government to overstep, but because they give have given an antitrust exemption to the NFL among the other major sports, that's something that needs to be threatened um, or it's not going to change. It's just not now the tanking thing. Yeah. Look, I lived, I'm from Philly. So I lived through the process where it was almost uh, it was never outright said that they were tanking but they were mm-hmm. and but it never nothing like that ever came out like there's never a time where the gm went to brett brown and was like hey if you lose a little bit tonight you know what i mean he went about it the honorable way he got the worst possible players he could <laughs> told brett brown good luck hey man we preach that shit in dynasty yeah. and if you want to get the 101 do it the proper way trade all your good players yeah. away <laughs> Right. Don't just incentivize it. Tell people not to try, et cetera, et cetera. That's, right. you know, and berate them for, for winning. Um, other than Tom Brady retired. Somehow that's overshadowed. Tom Brady retired. What? Just in case you've been, <laughs> been under a rock. Well, he didn't, he did retire and then he didn't retire and then he did retire again. Stop scooping he was players' so bad. retirements. Like he, he wanted to, like, announce that so bad like it's like god damn it shit like that's did, why he was like well wait a minute i may not retire three days later yeah guys i'm i'm i'm, I'm fucking gone and patriots fans are pissed because i guess in the salon post no he didn't say post, I, I, I noticed that post. he didn't say a damn thing about him <laughs> you got guys are so mad about it <laughs> 
Ah, not a thing. Makes me like Brady even more. Conveniently leave the Patriots out of your just entirely goodbye. <laughs> I forget about the first, you know, twenty years I was in the NFL. Fuck I, I that team. He's probably probably going to have a parade for himself in New England. <laughs> Why did I have a Trace McSorley college stats page up? On purpose? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently. Who is going to be replacing Lamar Jackson? <laughs> uh, Tyler Huntley. Yeah. Duh. Not Trace McSorley. The next uh, Tyrod Taylor, Tyler Huntley. I'll take it. Tyrod Taylor had some. He well, he never had many. He backed up Flacco for all that time, and he goes to Buffalo finally. He didn't win a lot of games, but yeah. Yeah. he's relevant. You know. All right. Uh, Steelers GM Kevin Colbert stepped down after the NFL draft. So, who? He'll get one more draft in, then that'll change ever. Tomlin's kind of got personnel wrapped up there anyway. Uh, it's officially hand season. Kenny Pickett declined to be measured. Uh, he's working his thumb out for the beast measurement. Uh, he has a double jointed thumb, I guess, and didn't want to be measured because of that. I'm so glad I had, we're we're in a hand size season. Look, place. you know when it bends funny, you really don't want to measure it because he, I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah, well, you want to try well, to get the full straight Shane. line measurement. I'm just, I'm just, just saying, you don't. I mean, <laughs> been single for so long, you know. Just, you gotta a straight write, line, a straight yeah. line measurement when it bends doesn't give you an accurate depiction of what you're working <laughs> with. So I understand what Kenny Pickett's saying about no. it. it's true. It, very true. Very true. Uh, it's also we need to fill content season. So Allen Robinson would quote be a good fit for the Colts practice squad. Um, the Eagles will pursue DJ Chark if they need a deep threat to go opposite Devonta Smith. And uh, I didn't mean to put Brian Flores versus the NFL because that's not just filling content. That's just kind of where it went. So, uh, yeah. I don't have thoughts on either of those things. It's just welcome to the time of the season where you're going to start seeing a lot of that. And don't read too much into it. Wishful thinking mocked up as rumors. They have literally no merit to them. And that's what both of those things probably are. I mean, Robinson is a free agent, so he can go wherever. He wouldn't even be a good fit there. No. It's duplicate of Pittman. Yeah, they need a T.Y. Hilton from 10 years ago. Right. He wouldn't be. And you don't even know, like, after the dumpster fire of a season, right, you can blame the offense as much as you want, like, Top wide receivers overcome that. So what is Allen Robinson and what does he have left? Uh, not a lot. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to find the best quarterback possible that will want him. All he wants. Mac Jones? Yeah. <laughs> he's going to Oakland. He's I'm going, 29 he's going years to old. I'm taking whoever's giving me the most money. <laughs> no no shit, right? Yeah. He don't give a fuck. I mean, he might as well have played in Oakland this year. That's how invisible he was. The NFL <laughs> team left Oakland and he just forgot. Just he stayed just, there. Wait a minute. What happened here? It's like Will Smith in the in the mansion <laughs> after everybody left. Alan Robinson <laughs> just looking around the Oco Coliseum. <laughs> Where is everyone? Shouldn't I be doing something? Oh, good times. Uh, Eagles pursuing DJ Jar. Okay. Okay. Whatever. All right. Okay. 
I mean, look, the, the only good thing about that is perhaps it would stop them from drafting another wide receiver in the first round. Uh, badly. Yeah. God. I mean, I'd rather they definitely, I'd rather they go the, uh, they go wide receiver and free agency than the draft, but that's just cause I'm shell shocked after all the wide receivers they've taken in the first couple of rounds. Sir. sir. And second rounds. It's like a worse Cardinal situation. Yeah. All right. We're going to go ahead and start with, with, uh, let's do some dynasty check in, shall we? So the way this works, we're going to round Robin. We'll each take a player. Uh, talk about them. There will be some swearing, I'm sure, because I already see one guy that's duplicated here. So what the fuck? Yeah. What are you cursing for? I'm just saying, fuck, man. You said there's going to be extra cursing in the show. I, I mean, see the, I well, I see fucking is duplicated. I don't see the same player duplicated. That's because we didn't put our players in here. Mine are in a different oh, sheet. So. Yeah. Oh, no, I you, I put yeah. some players in here just to have some fun with it. Okay. So this will be fun to see who I'm duplicated up with. All right. We're going to start with stock up. Um, Whoever put Elijah fucking Mitchell, go ahead. I guess. Yeah, I put I put Elijah fucking Mitchell. Um, He was uh, basically he didn't exist in August. Uh, RB 69. Nice. Nice. Um, Yeah. One day we'll grow out of that. I I don't know when. Well, some maybe the next generation will. Um, <laughs> I have hope for them. Probably not. Um, I'm raising the next generation. I don't. No, no, no. no I've talked to my sons. They, yeah, they're, they're not, that's not going to turn out great for us. Anyway, <laughs> Elijah Mitchell. Um, I still think he's way too low to be. No, I don't know, way too low, but he's still too low. RB18. I think the stink of his draft capital is still all over him. Um, and I get it. Trust me. I, I try to uh, talk him down most of the year. Like, oh, he's not that good. He's just, you know, he hits the hole well. And he's a one-cut runner, so he kind of just fits the system. All right. You know what? He's good. He's really good. Um, and then what I liked, San Francisco started using him in the, as a receiver um, towards the end of the season because that was my final gripe on him. It was like, well, he doesn't catch passes, so he could never be a, a high-end R running back. Well, guess what? He catches passes now, too. He does everything. Came out of nowhere. A lot of people like myself incorrectly drafted Trey Sermon. We talked ourselves into the running back um, that we sometimes do. I'm not you, not you, Dan, but I did. I hated I, Trey. Fucking I talked. I talked myself into it. I talked I, myself I, into it too. You're, I'm, swear right I won, I'm like San Francisco, great landing one, spot. They traded one share. I had one share that I also paired up with Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> well, say you won. So, <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, I'm fine. Yeah, now. Elijah Mitchell. That, that's my dude. Uh, stock up uh, from most from the beginning of the season. All right, uh, my stock up is going to be a guy that was less unknown, but more is a, uh, you know, seen as kind of a of a dart throw. Um, a guy that we thought could could be good, but weren't really sure what the the role was going to fit. Knew he'd need a little time to emerge. There was definitely some bust potential there, but that was a Monroe St. Brown. Um, so by all measures, I think he blew away his rookie expectations. Caught on the back half of the season, five touchdowns over that over the last several games, seventy plus yards in the last six games. So it's five touchdowns over the last six games, seventy plus yards in each game over the last six games, double digit targets in that time frame. Yeah, it's not Hawkinson, but it's what you want to see. Stepped up, took advantage of that situation. Uh target volume, expect to probably increase going forward. It was kind of a slow start to the season for Amon Ross St. Brown as they, you know, eased him in. Um, but he definitely carved out a role as the season went on. Um, 
very, very high percentage catch rate, uh, low A dot, but very, very high percentage targets that he was making good on. He was 11th in Yak, which if you're going to have a low A dot, you've got to be good at that. Um, and, you know, that's total Yak. That's the second, you know, that is, um, with just the second half breakout. That's half a season's worth of Yak, essentially. Um, he had a high red zone target share, sixth in catches, targets and catch rate. Uh, so he was just stellar, kind of all around over that back half of the season. Uh, and he showed some of the traits that matched his, his college role, working, again, low A dot, middle of the field, stellar in contested catch situations. Um, so overall, I think he's gone from what we would consider a, a middle-of-the-road wide receiver with bust potential to a guy where you can really see um, you know, potentially having one of the higher floors out of this rookie class as it moves forward. Now, there are some things, particularly as it relates to depth of target and ADOT, that might be a little concerning. But you know, overall, I think seeing that out of year one was, was more than a lot of people anticipated to see and really helped drive his stock up. Yeah. I see him listed in the trade away potentially. So I think we can we can come back. We will come back to this. And, and yeah. And I know I, I don't disagree he, with that. We'll get to that. He's we'll very there. polarizing right now. He's one of the more polarizing, you know, what to do with, you know, you know, where we were with James Robinson. But, you know, this point last year, it, it's kind of in the same vein. And I'm going to go top head. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that, you know, stock up does feed into trade away too, right? His stock mm-hmm. is up. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, if he's immediately it into that because you're getting your high. ROI, if you're worried about him coming down from that. So, anyway, go ahead, Dan. I'm going to go, you know, we had our low, you know, we've had some some, some heavy hitters. But I'm, I got to give more props to Debo Samuel, right? At this point, last year, I just had his fucking thing up here. Where did it go? Um, He was, his ADP uh, per DLF was somewhere 70 Got as low as 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 the eighties there towards the summer as you got more Ayuk buzz. Right now, as of today, or close or as of January, seventeen and a half. We know what we know what, what Debo did this year. Like monster season. Um use all over the field, you, you know, being utilized as a running back in spite of having, you know, Elijah Mitchell during his breakout before and after he was hurt. It's he has become the true jack of all trades, and he's going to, I think, promote other teams or influence other teams to try to find the next Debo. Like that's been that's been conversations throughout, and we're going to continue to see. I think him. I don't think we've even seen him hit a, hit his plateau in terms of where he's being drafted and where he's being ranked amongst other wide receivers, especially if he comes out in twenty two and balls out. With Trey Lance. My only concern is for the love of fucking God, please stop actually using him as a running back. Jesus, the dude has been yes. banged up since fucking college. He's big, but he he's just why are you giving the most important player, the second most important player in your team now, outside of Trey Lance, this many unnecessary hits? It's it's it's, it's he's been banged up through the NFL, like I said, through college. I want to see him healthy. He missed one game this year, and it, 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 which is, I mean, this Sanders is great, but let's 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 please just 
utilize him more as that, you know, traditional receiver. At least don't run him up the fucking middle. Ten times a game. Ten, Ten times, times a game. game. Stop it. It's like, God, Jesus Christ, man. Come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, and that's really the one concern, too. You keep using him like that. Does he, you know, continue to get banged up, continue to get blasted, continue to, to hurt himself? But, I mean, and, and, I like the versatility. Look, any wide receiver, really, right? Not just Debo because of his injury history. Like, even if it was a guy that was fully healthy, he's never been injured in his life, never been sick. One of those guys that's never even had the flu. You know those guys. You've (laughs) met them at work. Um, Fucking assholes. They always brag about it. I don't, I've never even, I haven't had a cold since 1963. And you're like, I don't, I don't even think you were alive back then, but whatever, dude. Sure. (laughs) Um, just, I don't, I don't want to see any wide receiver getting that kind of usage, healthy or not, unless it's LaVisca Chenault, because that's probably the only way he could be useful, except that he would still be bad. So oh, either way, it's so a much. Win. Yeah, I know. I know. I look, the LaVisca was the Debo. Uh, I love, I love, I know. Everybody right? said, was, everybody said, oh, he's, he's like he was, Debo. And he was utilized that way, you know, in college too. He got, you know, heavy yeah. uses as a runner out of the back because Colorado yeah. was so bad. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. Had a sore spot. I know. Thanks. Yeah, I can't figure this out. I still cannot figure this out. All right. I've been stock down and digging. Yes, stock down. All right. I'll go ahead and kick this one off. Go ahead. Because I got to go back to my research. All right. Stock down for me is going to be Alvin Kamara. And, you know, there's really a handful of running backs that you can mention here in the NFC as they start to to age. But I am going to go with Alvin Kamara. His stock came, came I think, way, way down this year. Worst efficiency number in his career. Uh, it's his year 26 season. He was just 3.7 yards per attempt. Touchdown numbers were way down. Utilization was up, uh, but yeah, it couldn't really overcome the offense around him and outperform that situation. He's got another one to two years in New Orleans on his contract. They're about to enter a rebuild. That's before they have a potential out. Um, he was 49th in points per opportunity, second in drops. Um, you know, efficiency was fine as a pass catcher, but um, evaded tackles, juke rate, both down from previous years. Just Alvin Kamara got bit, I think, more than anybody else by the situation around him, or almost more than anybody else by the situation around him, going from a previously, you know, very, very good situation and splitting carries and being used in the right ways to really having to shoulder the brunt of the offense. And um, while the volume was there, the efficiency was not. And, and that's not something that's going to go you know, unnoticed going forward, especially, you know, is, is Peyton's not there anymore? What did the Saints do to help rebuild that team? Uh, it's just, you know, a situation where I don't know that Alvin Kamara's value has been lower since he entered the NFL. I love that. And he's probably going to lose his starting left tackle in yep. Teron Armstead, whose Spotrack uh, guesstimates, or I guess they don't use the word guesstimates because that would sound less professional than what they call it. <laughs> um, <laughs> they say his market value is somewhere in the neighborhood of four years, $95 million. Um, Saints are $71 million over the cap right now. I actually did a write up on them. Uh, I don't know that off the top of my head. I just did a write up on their cap situation. They can get under. They only need to restructure 18 contracts. So they're fine. They're fine. Um, Michael, only 18 contracts. Yeah, Michael Thomas might be one of those guys too, where they might, it might behoove them to just move on from Michael Thomas wow. after June. 
um, that offense could be really ugly late next year. Like, and I don't, I don't want Kamara getting 300 rushing attempts. I've never wanted that in my life. No, you, you want, want getting 160 and working in the passing game and yep. targets. high efficiency and yeah. end zone work, 100 targets. No, no one ever asked for him to be a bell cow running back. We just please get him back his targets. Um, whoever the new head coach is there. And they also, as you mentioned, they also lost Sean Payton. This is a, this is a move where it, the Saints might be going into total, which sucks because, you know, great defense, right? Good young defense, a lot of good pieces there. It sucks to see them waste that. So depending on who they hire for head coach, may tip the skills and see what they want to do with some of these pieces. But I agree. You know, Thomas Kamara could be a trade piece potentially, depending on what his contract looks like. And, you know, there's got to be a team or two out there that would love to have, you know, Kamara and his skill set. Yep. yep. All right. Uh, whoever wants to go next, I don't care. Sequan Barkley. He's done. He's fucking dust. Just trade him now. Um, if, I, if, if, if I get hit by a truck um, tonight and the last thing you remember, Shane, ever said, um, you know, and you're my funeral, uh, <laughs> I want you to be like, I remember the last thing Shane ever said to me was get rid of Saquon Bar- Barkley because he's fucking dust. Um do that he's dust dude he's just done he's fucking i heard jordan mcnamara talking about him on uh pat's uh pat fit maurice's uh podcast today and he put it perfectly um Devontae booker outplayed him last year yeah like dude like you're saquon barkley like you were supposed to be like the jesus of running backs like you you were jonathan taylor before jonathan taylor was jonathan taylor um he's the danny and tumbleson he was reincarnated in he, 2018. He was. And then every injury you could find hit him um, tied to a terrible offense. Um, somehow he's still the running back eight in DLF ADP right now. Um, I behoove you. I beg of you, unless you're in a startup with me, um, which I doubt because I'm not getting in any. But um, do not draft uh, Saquon Barkley at running back eight. Um, do not do that. Um, and if you can trade him for a 2023 first, and even a little bit, like I, 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 give me a second too, and the guy will feel like he's got a steal. I got Saquon Barkley, and I'm like, yeah, you did, you did, you got him from me. Good for you. <laughs> um, take, 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 take those picks. Just get him off your roster, dude. It's going to get ugly quickly. At least he was top ten in target share. I think that's the only saving grace when I'm looking over his metrics. I'm playerprofile.com. Ninth in target share, top five in stack in stack front scene. Yeah, it was a snack front scene. And, 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 you know, even if that regresses, I think the best you can hope for is a sophomore season, which wasn't that good. I mean, his rookie season was great. His sophomore season was meh. And I, I think that's where his ceiling stands today is that, you know, he gets back to somewhere around that sophomore forum where he had just over a thousand yards and there's like 80 some odd targets. And if that happens, you better be moving on from him because that's, I think, the highest his value would get again. He just uh, looks so. He looked so zapped. Like he, I mean, I'm sure there'll be reports that he wasn't fully recovered, but he just looks. He looked zapped. He looked uninterested at times too. I mean, I get it. The Giants he, and that you know clusterfuck. But my God, he didn't look special. Okay, like I, I, mean, no. I don't know how else to put it. Like Saquon looked special coming out of college. Saquon he did. looked like special his rookie season, and up until I guess midway through his second year, whenever he got hurt. But he has not looked like the same guy in like 
a few no. couple of years. And look, lower body injuries are going to do that to you. He's still got sexy quads. I mean, they're beautiful. And those uh, calves and his thighs are all, they're all scrumptious, but they're unfortunately not helping him um, on the bear football quads. field anymore. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're, like they're all show muscles. Quads. Yeah. They're mm. share, show muscles at this point. <laughs> He's getting excited over there. I'm blushing. <laughs> um, all right. Here you go. I think it's Romeo Cornell based on the way this is worded. Oh, um, moreover, Unsuccessful whitehead coaches routinely get second and third chances in critical positions, including his head coach, offensive or defensive coordinator. Indeed, according to a 2021 NFL diversity and inclusion report, since 1963, 116 white individuals have been hired as head coach or coordinator after an initial head coach opportunity, whereas only 21 individuals of color have received the same second chances. The same report noted that only one person of color has received three head coaching opportunities, whereas 15 white men have received three head coaching opportunities. Two of the 15 received four. Cleveland, Kansas City, and then Houston. He was the interim. He was the interim. Yep. And that is an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, that's an opportunity. So they didn't even hire him for the job. It was just like, dude, you're here. Um, do you think you could just fill in for a couple of weeks? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pretty look, much. I ain't, I, I'm going through this in a couple of chats right now where, you know, look, I, I get people don't like the word racism because they think it's easy to point to. But, dude, it's racism. It's just blatant racism. Like, it, not everything is racism. Not everything is. You know what I mean? But when 96% of the population that you have hired has come from one. I don't care what the race is or what, what the, the demographic is. Like if, if you only hired 96% males, even though, you know, the population doesn't break down that way and there's many more women and you never hire them, well, then you're sexist. It's no different with the race. You know, if you're hiring 96% white guys, oh wait, 95, because I took out Robert Stanley because he's Middle Eastern. Um, it's clear as day. Like I, and maybe it's maybe it's unconscious bias. I've heard a couple of people say, which is funny to me because I don't believe that's a thing. Like I, you know what I mean? Like, dude, there's no such thing as colorblind. I can tell when a dude looks like me. I can look at you two and go, yeah, yeah. Chris and Dan look alike. You know what I mean? Like, if we're <laughs> yeah, in an interview, there's no way I wouldn't notice. You know, I'm interviewing you guys and be like, I think they're white. Mm, that's what my subconscious. <laughs> maybe, is maybe not. It's not. <laughs> Subconsciously is telling me that these guys are white. Oh no, no. whitest of the white. I'll get off my high horse. All right, that Dan. motherfucker could be Ron. All right, I'm gonna go for the uh, for the low hanging fruit here. And this one paints me because I was so high and I'm coming out. Jalen Rager, guys. Jalen Rager, stock down. <laughs> I mean, even it's not even just stock down. He's he's fucking dead in the water. Shane, I'm sorry. I know. At this point, last year. ADP was 85.5. Right now, 179. That is the Shit. definition of, of hit the floor. Shouldn't even be drafted. And yeah, it's so, it, it's, look, I love him as a prospect. I, I won't hide or shy away from my misses to Sean Kaiser. It, it, it just, it is what it is. And he'll forever be tied to the guy before Justin Jefferson, um, which really needs to stop, but. It, it, it's there's literally no redeeming quality on any of his efficiency metrics. At least in his rookie season, he was top twenty in ADOT. 
Like they were trying to use him more downfield. This year it's sub ten. Like he's in the eighties. Like the one thing that you could use him for, because he's good vertically, he's very fast. They stopped doing that. Because of um, because of I mean, you could say because of Hurts, but because Devonta Smith took that well, role. Yeah, because it well also because his hands are garbage. That um, too. And he couldn't get open. He's fast, but couldn't get open. Um, he couldn't separate. So, I, 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 I know he's been battling a, you know, you know, a bunch of, you know, how to feel up with the family, but it's just that's it. Yeah, he's um, he's I mean, and, and obviously I'm a Philly guy, so you know, I, I all the press conferences and whatnot. When Nick Sirianni. He's talking about the wide receiver hierarchy, and he said, you know, Devonta Smith, obviously, is their number one wide receiver. Um, Quez Watkins is doing a good job as their number two, and Jalen Reger is their number three. And, you know, he needs to improve. <laughs> this guy was a first-round <laughs> draft pick two years ago. Oh, he got passed by a sixth-round draft pick. They they tried to manufacture touches for him. They, they did. did. And they didn't stop, and it was just painful all year because they're like, "Oh, let's try and end the round on them." And you're like, "Don't do that." And they're like, "How about a bubble screen?" And you're like, "No, that, no that's not going to do that. Either. Don't just, do that either." Stop. They like tried I tried so hard. Yeah, I get why you can't cut him because he's basically his dead cap is more than what you pay him. To it's keep a first him on round team. pick, you know. Right. So you you, you got to keep him on the roster until you can cut him. But there's no reason he needs to play. Like he should just be in the press box i don't even think they let you do that when you're under the practice squad do that no. whatever he needs to watch from his house like me and him should have the same amount of snaps next year <laughs> she, um, she, he should be playing water boy like let yeah, the man run you know be loose yeah. just in case but you're gonna be spraying water in your boy's face yeah. hey, he look, thirsty. put him on I, spe- I, go let him catch punts put him on special teams he can't even do that no he's bad at that he's too. been bad at yeah. that this in year. the playoffs he fumbled in the playoffs on a punt return. He did. He had some a horrible out. playoff. My backed God. away from the punt. Okay, go make him a gunner. <laughs> no, he can't do that either. You can't let him on the field. He's not allowed on the field anymore. <laughs> go He'll run past the guy. Hold on, we're gonna find something to him. Uh, go, go have him tell Joe up in the bleachers he's got a head coaching interview. We need you to go hold that. He can be up. the clock management guy, which will probably fail. Like he can be what you know, homeboy. What McVay's homeboy does is grab, oh, the, grab get, the get back sir. guy. Just the wires. Grab, I don't. I don't think <laughs> he could do that. Just grab the guy's weights when he gets out too far. <laughs> I don't think he could do that either. Ah, oh, you know, we try. There's got to be a job in the stadium for Jalen Rager. <laughs> Give him a head coaching interview. <laughs> oh, oh, there's a callback. Giants will. Uh, Giants will. We'll interview him next year. Gotta. gotta Got to satisfy that Rooney rule. Uh, yep. Bullshit perspective. Um, all right. Not that the Rooney rule is bullshit. It's not. People skirting it is. Okay. Uh, breakout and bounce back candidates. All right. Uh, Shane, was Cedric Wilson yours? No. No, okay. he's mine. He's mine, too. Yeah. Um, uh, but I've got a couple others, too. So, Dan, go I, I, Shane, go I, ahead. I, then Dan and I are going to wax on Cedric Wilson. Then we'll get into yeah. One or two of the other guys I have down. Look, and this is one of my players that look. You got to remember, it doesn't matter what you think if you like a player or not. I don't particularly like Kenny Gainwell, and um, I have like I have just like this blind spot for him. Like every time he's on the field, and even when he does something well, I'm like, anyone could do that. I love Gainwell so much. (laughs) But um, (laughs) even Jalen Rager could do that. 
for some reason, I yeah. like I I seem to like a lot of Philly guys. I don't know if that's a good thing though. No. So he's I, <laughs> I I'd expect Jordan Howard to move on, um, and maybe even Boston Scott. And look, when the guy was on the field, he was productive. I can't I can't like I can't as much as I want to be a Miles Sanders stand and try to shoo away Kenny Gainwell's production. He was productive when he got the ball last year, and he scored touchdowns. Um, his only problem was when you look at his stats is that they went away from him for a while. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why. Um, I'm sure they had their reasons, but they had a four, three man running back committee at one point. It was the um, same reason why they kept going away from Miles Sanders is clearly the best running back in their roster. Well, Miles Sanders is more because he fumbles and then he runs out of bounds when you're trying to end the game twice, <laughs> oh twice, like uh, back to back plays. You're like, dude, I can give you the first one, but you, you did the same thing on the other side. Of the field. What are you doing? Stop running out of bounds. We're trying to run out the clock. I think Kenny Gainwell is going to be the primary backup there and backup. I mean, he's probably going to see a 60, 40 split with Sanders next year. Which also means he'll probably get some starts because Sanders, um, one thing that he is persistent and consistent at is getting injured. Hamstring injuries? Um, so, well, those, it's just every injury and fumbling um, and breaking my heart. Um, that's the one thing he does every year very well. So, uh, and, dropping pre- and dropping balls in practice. Yes, dropping balls in practice so that they can't even trust to throw him balls on. It's just, it's heartbreaking all of it. Physically, I look, he's so efficient as a runner. You see him in the, and when he's in the open field and he um, actually catches the ball and doesn't fumble it, he is he's lightning in a bottle, man. Um, but he just for whatever reason can't put it all together. So I'm gonna go with Kenny Gainwell. Um, I don't I don't particularly like him, but look, he looked good last year and the coaches like him. I mean, I can appreciate it. I can also appreciate it. All right, Dan, go ahead with with uh, Cedric Wilson. Then I'll tack on whatever I want to, and then pick another guy. Or two. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you pat on the stats because really, from Wilson's standpoint, it's what it, it, it's what's really there right now in Dallas. Dallas is third lowest salary cap. They got a lot of contract to also shed this year. Gallup and Wilson are technically not signed yet. They're both free agents. Wilson's going to cost significantly cheaper. Than Gallup, Gallup will likely go sign somewhere else because I, I just don't think, I just don't think that uh, the Dallas is going to be able to afford him. Rumor has it they want to also try to move uh, Cooper's contract. Zeke, they definitely won't. I don't see how that's going to work. But Wentz was traded, so anything can fucking happen. Uh, but Cooper's the big one because I think Cooper has has reached. I think he's over the hill. He also can't stay healthy. He was outplayed towards the end of the stretches. The only way that he is anywhere productive is if Dak decides to have hungry highs uh, for him in, in that particular game. Wilson, it was just he fits the perfect role to to fit into that number two spot alongside C.D. Lamb. Um, I'll, I'll let you yeah. uh, your stats. Yeah, yards per reception and catch rate improved every year as has his utilization. It's 37th in contested catch, 16th in target separation. Neither of those are really going to blow your socks off, but I mean if you are top 20 in target separation is a not top receiver on a team and, you know, are winning enough contested catch balls to be, you know, top 40 in the league, that's enough to get the job done as a two. Uh, ninth in yards per target, you had just one drop, so reliable hands, third in fantasy points per target. So it's a lot like Gabe Davis where you're looking for an increased role uh, to, to really – help the volume and leverage some of these underlying stats. It could propel him to the next level. He's a third year guy. Um, so you do have 
that that you need to pay attention to. But uh, high volume passing offense, and you know, like Dan said, he's going to be significantly less to to resign than Gallup, and I do expect Dallas to probably move on from Cooper. So uh, if Cedric Wilson falls himself into an increased role. I absolutely love what's underlying for him that points to, you know, potential breakout. It's it's the same pointers that Gabe Davis has, but without nearly the amount of people talking about it. Well, you know, when you have a uh, four touchdown game in the playoffs, that's all. I mean, that's all anyone's going to, you know, circle jerk to at this point. So, yeah. Um, my, the other three guys that I had down for this were Amari. I can probably talk about two of them really quick. One of them was Amari Cooper um, in the honorable mention category. And that's just because I think that if he moves on from Dallas, he'll, um, you know, his pro his profile didn't necessarily show regression. His target volume was down, but everything else, catch rate, depth of target, um, all of his high-level metrics, his efficiency numbers, um separation it was all level with where he's been at the rest of his career which has been productive there's not like underlying signs of regression other than his volume was less than what it had been in years past so you know when that's the one thing that seems to be different is volume and then to a a lesser degree maybe some of your target depth and everything else is pretty well level you know, that tells me that you're probably going to have a regression to the mean when you've had it, been in the league for the length of time that Cooper has. McCaffrey is all injury-based. So the other guy that I want to talk about here, um, and this is a little, this is going to be vomit-inducing for some people on the show, probably all of us, I think, is Kadarius. Oh, please. Okay. What, what do you think I was going to say? No, who exactly who are you going to say? Okay, it's Kadarius, Tony. <laughs> um, so... Every Giants receiver this year was was bad. When you look at either a dot or um, you know different efficiency numbers from separate, you know, from yak to broken tackles to separation to yards before catch to um, contested catch rate, everyone was bad. It was a bad scheme and a bad quarterback situation, and it hurt every receiver in that. But Kadarius Tony's profile actually did have some bright spots when he was healthy. Um, he was seventh in target rate, low volume team, seventeenth uh, in yards per route run. Separation was was solid. Contested catch rate was very passable. Fortieth in yak while he while missing six games. So again, that's the the counting stat. He missed six games and was still, you know, essentially top thirty percent of the league easily um you know he had multiple strain sprains missed time giants were a dumpster fire of an offense but there's some things in tony's profile that you know if they can start to write that ship a little bit under under dable that that could be useful i'm not as as bullish on a tony breakout as i am like a you know a cedric wilson or a gabe davis should the opportunity prints itself i like the gainwell take uh but you know for a player that, you know, in year one flashed when nobody else around him did, um, I just don't think you can turn a blind eye to that, regardless of how you feel about that player. No, and he's also going to be significantly cheap because when 
when the community decides to shit on a player, it takes forever. I mean, forever for his value to catch up. I mean, big case in point is Josh Allen. Like, it took forever, you know, for the community to want to completely buy into him. I mean, even after the 2020 season, people were like, well, let me see it one more time, Josh. Like, just give me one more. Like, Tony's going to be in the same way. He's going to be a value nearly every year in, until the validation is proven in one way or the other. I still don't love him as a prospect, but he has that one game, and that's what we're going to lean on until the Giants decide to tell us otherwise. Yeah, I didn't love him as a prospect either. And like I said, there are just some things in the profile that that stood out a little bit to me as I was looking through him and evaluating it kind of the same as I do everyone else. And when you know, looked at the receivers around him too, you know, yeah. Shepard and Galladay, they just Holiday. stood out. Horrible. Okay. All right, beer preview. I got. I have like no beer left to review. I, I'm ready. Really don't my, uh, I tell you, my Jack and Coke was good. Good. <laughs> I saw like something I would say. Are you getting more? No. Nah. I'm not leaving the house tomorrow. I'll probably get some bourbon after this. I'm not leaving the house tomorrow at all. I'm either going to get some bourbon or I'm going to walk six feet to the geezer and pour myself another beer. All right. I am drinking Energy Cities. Also, for those who are wondering, based out of St. Charles, Illinois, one of the Chicago suburbs, I am drinking their Bistro Series, which is their fruited or smoothie style. What advice is this dessert style is the lemon meringue pie. It's exactly how it's is it's supposed to mirror that of you eating one you get the heavy thick lemon with the tartness that comes to it is very very cream heavy mouthfeel um boom boom giddy uh you get you know even a bit of the graham cracker that you know to kind of resemble the crust so it's uh i've met these people um very 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 bright and uh they they do a tremendous job and if you were ever in the chicago area you will be able to start to find them in throughout the places so if you're up there and you should go there it's a fantastic area yeah absolutely all right i had grammy cakes from maplewood uh this is an ale with coffee cinnamon and uh, natural graham cracker flavor typical blonde ale body or cream ale body it's um very light very easy drinking, um, you know, very soft on the eyes. Same things I'd say about Shane. Light, easy drinking, yeah. soft on the eyes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, sweet. Actually, it's not overly sweet. There is a little bit of a graham cracker sweetness to it underneath of it. The coffee is not overwhelming, though. It does very, very well to balance that out. Cinnamon spice is just there. It's a nice, subtle little hint. Um very, very easy drinking. None of the flavors are overwhelming. It's not sickingly sweet. It's not overly bitter from the coffee. Um, it's another good Maplewood beer. I, I, I don't have a lot else to say about it. It's another good Maplewood beer that, that drinks nice and balanced with all the flavors pre- present. Sounds good. I would, I would like some. Okay. Send me some. Okay. I can do that. Next time I'm out and I see the Girl Scouts, I'll be like, give me the beer 
<laughs> yeah. Give me the Grammy cakes. I want the yeah. Grammy cakes. I want the Grammy cake beers, and they'll just look at me like I'm insane. I'm like, so I actually have, uh, I think it's Four Hands. Oh, Fallon does the cookie tin. I think Four Hands did a, a series of uh, Girl Scout cookie-themed beers, and I think I still got the Samoa one upstairs. It wasn't great. No. No, I mean, look, I'm not a, I'm not a, I want my beer to taste like cookie. Um, no, I'm about to go pour an Irish red. I, I like classic beer styles, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like a lager guy. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to get fancy, uh, I'll be like a Mike, uh, Mike's hard cider or Red's apple ale, something like that. But that's about as fancy as I get. See, I got a lot. As- I got lagers for next week. Yeah, as soon as there's like three descriptors in the title of a beer, I'm like, I'm out. It is way too much for me. I actually meant to do loggers this week because the you were coming on and the name of it is logger as a four letter word. So <laughs> I, I, I meant like to that. go that route, but I just asked for this because it's what I really wanted after a bad day. All right. Trade away. Shane, who are you trading? Uh, so at first I said Amon Ross St. Brown, but I found a better person to trade away. Mm-hmm. Um, cause Amon Ross St. Brown might get me, I don't know, mid to late 2022 first. Cam Akers, spicy. That, that dude could get me like a 2023 first, maybe two 2023 first, a 2022 first and a 2023 first because America loves Cam Akers. We went. Ape shit when dude came back, as we should have, because that's amazing to come back from an Achilles in three months, whatever it was, four months, whatever ridiculousness it is. He broke medical science. That's all I know. And congratulations to him for making it back. But he he didn't actually look very good. Um, I mean, he looked a little bursty, but his numbers aren't actually very good. And I thought he was high priced. I thought he was overpriced entering last year before the injury. Like everybody already had him anointed as a top five running back already. I, I don't see him there. So that's a guy that I'm looking to move. Um, I think I could get pull two first for him. And if I could, uh, I, I would, I would do that immediately. I'm with you. I would absolutely do that. I've never been much of a Cam Akers fan, period. Um, I didn't like him coming out. I, I thought that people hyping him up to be that top five running back was, a little, a little over the top, a little bit far fetched. Gurley had just come off of a, of a not super efficient season. Acres had shown some flashes, but you know, not a ton of efficiency. Older offensive line. It's just one of those things I didn't see happening, given the fact that I didn't like the prospect profile all that much to begin with, and then I didn't think, you know, the situation was necessarily that fantastic for a back who I didn't believe on the upside. I'm not taking anything away from his comeback because it's miraculous, but you know, I, I completely agree. If the hype's up on his being back and people aren't scared of the the Achilles and let's say he goes out and has an awesome Super Bowl or something like that, I'm absolutely looking to move Cam Akers for picks. Even in the next one, year. I think the one nice thing and what you can be used as a selling point is that he immediately comes back and, the, and, and in game two he commands the lion's share of the carries like it's like, and that's where the hype is building from. It's the fact that even with Sony Michelle there, they're like, nah, fuck it. We're going to give acres everything. And you have a high, it's, it's, it's kind of like Devin Singletary, but he's actually liked in a sense. And I, and I, I liked him as a prospect coming out, but I, I mean, I agree, right? We don't know 
what his ceiling looks like post injury. All we get is his playoff run. Mm-hmm. I bet it's. I bet it's vaulted. Is he's looked bad? I I it, I can see it coming down a little bit. I'm wondering what they're gonna do in the off season. They're gonna try to retain Michelle, but it's it's gonna be hyped up. A lot of people like him, and if you don't, did he's an easy guy to throw on the trade block, right? We've we've always said it. You don't have to trade the player throwing the block, but you definitely smart to see what his value looks like amongst your league mates. Absolutely. All right, I'm going for another bell curve guy. Um, so I mentioned it last show. I'll mention it again. When I look at guys that that I want to trade away, um, you know, a lot of people try to trade people away at, at, at peak value. I'm trying to trade people away after I have used up their several years of value when I start to get the sense that they're starting the downswing of a bell curve because progress for a lot of players is a is a bell curve. Yeah, I mean, you peak, you have a couple good years, and then you start to to come off of it. So the guy that I'm looking uh, to get rid of is Zeke Elliott. So lowest yardage total in a full season of his career. His attempts per game were down as Tony Pollard started to eat into, uh, you know, really his touches and his workload. Uh, they've been down each of the last four years. His receiving involvement was the lowest since his sophomore year. Uh, remember, they're was a scheme switch as well. Receiving yards per target have gone down every year of his career. Catch rate has also decreased each of the previous four seasons. Yeah, uh, yards after carry, or yards after, sorry, yards after carry, yards after contact per attempt and broken tackles down each of the last three years. Attempts per broken tackle has gone up, which is, is not a good thing. You want the guy like Zeke who's running between the tackles and a big burly back to you know, break some of those tackles. It's just not not happening. There's not a category where Zeke has not shown over the last three seasons, you know, consistent decline. The evaded tackle numbers are good. Run block efficiency is at is um twenty fifth, so I mean not great, not terrible. Um but you know that's it's not good when you look across the running back's profile and you see, you know, especially after a coaching change and you just see that everything is down. Everything is down and it's not just down one year, it's been trending down for the last several years for a guy that is, you know, 26 years old, I think now, and you've got a back right behind him that's trending the opposite direction. Um I think Zeke is is somebody that I'm looking to move on from. Uh, and, and, you know, try to get a couple first rounders out of him, try to get him to a, a contender that's like, well, he was a running back six or the Cowboys fan in the league because there's always three of them that, you know, overvalue every freaking Cowboys player. Best, the best thing to use is that his contract makes him almost impossible to trade. It does. He's one. He's he, he is actually a, outside of running backs and rookie contracts. He's one of these safe fits in terms of what the expectation is for him in terms of actual touches because he's paying, he's being paid so much that if he stays in Dallas, there's it, it almost becomes absolutely no way that you cannot use him. Even though with that narrative, he had a 58% opportunity to share. The, the, the one thing is, is his contract, they can get out of his contract after this season um, without too monstrous of a hit. And I fully expect them to do so too. Um yeah, they My, save about about 
yeah, it's next year is where you want to look at it, which is good, I guess. Yeah. 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 No, it's good. All right. It's the right time. Right. Right team. Different player, though. CD Lamb. You want to go bold here? I see. You you want to, you know, try to move a guy whose value will always be propped up a little bit higher than maybe what it should be because of the helmet, the star on the helmet, right? A lot of Cowboys fans, they travel. They're absolutely all, all over the place. High draft capital. Great first year. Not to say that he had a bad second year. 125 targets is good. It's just nothing's really... There's there's nothing that it seems not elite. encouraging, right? Not he's elite. not elite. He's and no, he's really close to T. Higgins, actually. It, it, I, I, I would I would almost everything. I would almost rather have T. Higgins. The but only saving grace is is that it, if they do change over the you no know, the pass catching room, Lamb is still the number one. We can talk all we want about Cedric Wilson if they bring back Gallup. Lamb in, in that inside slot role. Should get should still be the number one, but it's just when you watch him play, when you look at you know at the end of the season snatch, you look at his efficiency metrics. His calling cards yards after the catch, he finished with seventeen. You know he was seventeenth in the league of just four hundred six. So the best thing about him is he's regressed in, and everything's not top five. He's being treated as a top five, you know, a top five receiver in that tier right below Jefferson and Chase. And yet, most of his metrics, he's top 20. You know, you want to maximize, you want to utilize, you want to take the value, his name value, and the logo on the helmet and try to utilize that as a way to move on to maybe someone that can give you actually a little bit more ceiling to him. I mean, right now, it's even in an offense that finished top five in passing plays per game, it's, you know... I, I don't want top 20. I want top five. I, I traded him. We did this thing um, in a couple of the patron chats. I'm in one of Dynasty Trades HQ and the others, um, Dynasty and Chill patron. Uh, two of a few, actually. But uh, one's mine and one's um, one of my co-hosts, Scott's on two of my shows. One, two, yeah, two of the shows. I don't want. Anyway. <laughs> Is it hard um, to keep track of them all? Um, so many. No, there's just four. There's HQ, Dynasty <laughs> Trades, and five, Mannequin Chill, and Dynasty uh, Intervention. Yeah, just four. Um, we 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 all wanted to do that CD pivot uh, a few weeks back. We were like, dude, trade CD and a second for T. Higgins and a first. And if it could be a 2023 first, like, then you're really smashed. Yeah. yeah th- then it's getting, but yeah, and we were able to pull it off. A couple of us were able to pull it off, or maybe not. Um, uh, maybe not T Higgins, maybe Jalen Waddle, but someone in that range. Yeah, that well, CD's got the name, and again, it's not that CD's bad. It's just we expected, I, like honestly, at this point, and I know it's only been two years, whatever. But I expected him get, going into next year to be in contention for the wide receiver one. Right. And yeah. Yeah. He's not there. He's not. And, I mean, and he's being he's being surpassed by a wide receiver who's three years older than him. And, and, and that is rankings. To me, it, it's. It's purely a perception thing too, right? Because if when I drilled down into both players, which by this point I've I've done at least to a degree, it's you know Lamb and Higgins are are really really close. They're, they're really really close in how their twenty twenty one season went, how they're trending, what the underlying metrics look like. 
Um, you know, Waddle is, I think, actually a little higher than those two. Um, projects a little bit better for me. But Higgins and Lamb are close. So if you can make that exchange and up your draft capital at the same time, because the perception on on CD Lamb is, well, he plays for Dallas, the high volume offense, he's going to be the one. And the perception on T. Higgins isn't quite as high because he's overshadowed by chasing that offense. Absolutely, that's a win. Hell, I wouldn't even aid even two firsts. If you can get a top three pick this year and yeah, you know, get that lottery ticket for 23. Especially yeah. in a super flex, which is gonna, you know, of course, push value down. Like, you know, give me Burks, London, and try to pair it up with, you know, you know, with a guy from twenty three. And how much more off are they gonna be from CD? Especially Burks with his raw potential. Yeah, I like it. Make the move, peoples. Make it. All right. Dan, who are you holding on to other than me? <laughs> Only you. Only me? Only you. I feel special. I know you're bullshitting, know. though. <laughs> My hole is actually going to be Amon Ross St. Brown. And, 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 which was, There's a lot of Amon Ross St. Brown it's in very, this episode. It's very fitting. Um, but I was going to actually pivot to uh, uh, Devontae Adams. And, for, you know, for the sole fact... Is that trying to trade him now, with, with with this you know big kind of you know cloud lingering over his head of where he's going to play? If he's going to play, you know, on a team without Rogers, reports of of what he's asking for, you know, you know from a contract year perspective, I think I saw thirty million a year. I don't just I I don't see how he gets that, but it, it, it's. Well, what you can get from him, I think he will follow Rodgers. And I, I, I've changed my tune. If I don't think Rodgers retires, I think he does stay in Green Bay. I, I, I do. And that's just going to only vault his value up higher. His role is insulated in Green Bay. Uh, it's hard for me to see Rodgers want to leave one of the easiest divisions for him to move through. You know, I know from an ego standpoint, he can go to the AFC West and we can make jokes about that again. But if he wants to play the playoff run they had, I just I can't imagine from a guy who wants to be like considered the best to leave in the situation that he left in this year. I just I I think Roger stays, plays out this year, maybe another two, and Adams foul suit, and you already have a wide receiver, even though he's getting older, has the skill set to be a productive receiver going into his early, early to mid thirties, uh, tethered to, uh, you know, a quarterback who's almost forty years old and playing at an MVP rate. So, hold Adams. If you want to trade him, you got to wait until we see where he lands. Um, his value is only gonna is only gonna change a lot depending on where he decides to go. Or if it, I don't see him retiring, but wherever he lands, he's more likely the number one. Like, what if he goes to a team that wants to also compete? What if he goes to Kansas City? Like, is there any place I mean, he could? Is there any place he could land where he wouldn't be the one? Cincinnati, but I don't see why they. I don't think he's gonna land it. Yeah, yeah. but like, like, okay, so but you're absolutely plausible. right though, too. Yeah, like wherever he goes, he can get there, and he's he's almost leaning towards that that buy low at this point because I I I take that risk if I can get it. 
Yeah, I did and, a write up. I did a write up on him for uh, Dynasty League Football. Um, basically, cash out or ride out on yeah. uh, Devontae, and I was I'm fine with letting him retire on my roster. Yeah, it's yeah. like Derrick Henry at this point. You 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 know until there is no one or two seasons of bad production. It's elite to just when the done. wheels are off, it's off. Yeah, yeah, you you'll know. There are some players yep. that are like that. And that's a okay. Yep. Who you hold on to, Shane? Uh, DJ Moore. Um, this is it. This is final year. I probably shouldn't. Um, generally, you know, if someone's going to be elite, they're going to be elite within their first four seasons, right? Um, he's been like very good. Um, and we keep writing the story. Well, this year he's going to get a quarterback. Well, this year he's going to get a quarterback. Well, this year he's going to get a quarterback. Well, maybe this year he'll get a quarterback. Um, <laughs> a wrong class to go after too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to hold on. Cause I still think athletically, look, everything you, you liked about him coming out of college still holds true. Right? Athletically. He, he was a wonderkin. Um, I don't know if that's the right, if that's a word. Um, he, uh, he's a, he's a target monster. Um, he's shown that he can, while it's not his best skill, he can, you know, he can play the deep threat, uh, although I'd rather him not, um, or he can be the intermediate short passing guy. Um, maybe one day they'll be, um, on that offense, they'll unlock all three levels of the field with him. Um, when they realize he can play absolutely and he can ball all over the field. Um, and maybe he'll get 150 targets and he'll score touchdowns. So I'm asking for a lot, but I'm going to hold on the DJ because frankly, I love the kid. He had 162 this year. Did he? All right. I need yeah. him to get 170. It's then. so weird. Cause it, it, you're right. Cause he's a new Allen Robinson at this point. Like, you know, get the man a quarterback. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Except he's actually better than Robertson. And, Wonderkind. Wonderkind is a word. Okay. A person okay. who well, achieves great success when relatively young. So I don't know that it applies there because he has achieved achieved good success. But well, he achieved great success in college because his breakout age was great. But you shouldn't okay, really count breakout young. age for a guy that's going into his fifth NFL season. He's, he's so good. Just for, get the man touchdown. He's like he's like a smaller Julio. All right, I'm probably going to regret this one, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. It's Evan Ingram. Um, and people are going to think I'm crazy for this, but he's so cheap right now. The fact is, is he has no value. This isn't a buy, this is a hold, and he has no value to trade him away. So you're going to hope he rebounds, right? Um, especially with the cluster that tight ends is. All he's got to do is hit tight end five, and there's value there. Uh, but either way, uh, kind of same, same for Ingram with the Giants. Um, as far as what happened with him versus other receivers, it was affected majorly by the offense. Uh, but what he did have, high-level catch rate, um, definitely used as a move tight end. He was uh, top 10 in his utilization at the position. Uh, he is also surprisingly good with the separation and contested catch rates. He's third in separation, seventh in contested catch. Um, he ran a metric shitload of routes, and everything is still there for him to perform at a high level. Um, you know, showcasing good contested catch rate, good, good separation as a tight end. Um, you know, the drops get a, a lot of attention, but really they're not as high as I think the narrative makes it out to be. And, um, you know, like I said, ton of routes. He's used as a move tight end. And in the tight end position being what it is, you can't really ask for a lot more. Either you, either you have 
Mark Andrews and George Kittle and well, not and you have Mark Andrews or George Kittle or Travis Kelsey at this point, or you're scrambling for somebody that's gonna put up production at a level above replacement. So like a guy like Dawson Knox or, or Dalton Schultz, and there's no reason that Ingram can't you know hit that that echelon as well, uh, especially considering free agency this year. So. Uh, you're going to have an opportunity for where does he land? Um, you know, when that happens, you may actually have an opportunity to sell off too. If it's someplace where it's, that's, you know, going to lend a lot of hype to him. But I think it, overall, there's still a lot of good there in his profile. And like Dan said, he's, he's dirt cheap. If you want to go buy and if you want to hold, it's going to be a change of scenery one way or another, either in a new, uh, Giants offense on an offense that made Dawson Knox relevant. Or um, in a new location. Can we like just you know sit and think for a second? Who who thought that all three of your first round picks of tight end picks in 2017 would be at this value point five seasons later, entering yeah. the fifth season? No, no, no. OJ Howard, no, nope. and Joku Ingram, like nope. Howard and. And Joku were supposed to be you know, damn near can't miss. Well, so was Ingram. So was Ingram. It, All three of them were, really. Ingram was like the prototype of what a move tight end is supposed to look like moving, moving and forward. And B, yeah. And the and, Giants, and, the Giants actually, they, they saw his rookie season and they said, we, uh, we can't have that. We can't have him setting records. Why don't we try yeah. to have him block a little bit? <laughs> and um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I blame the teams for a lot of it. Like in Joku smashed um relative in his first injuries is what really bit him right and well, give austin hooper a big contract yeah there was no need for that i'm i'm super stoked for Njoku to see where he ends up i'm actually i'm actually because just how just how inexpensive these these three are and how good of prospects they were just their profiles as a whole yeah like we've seen a lot of tight ends break out late late like breakouts it's, it's one of the hardest positions to really transition into well, o- college to the pros. OJ Howard was injuries, and then you bring in Gronk. Yeah, and... that too. And he was great his first two years, minus the injuries. Yep. By the way, who expected Cameron Brayton to still be hanging around on that roster? And his weird ass six year contract that had an out every year. But like, nope. God oh, damn it, we're staying we're with him. him. I love Cameron. I love Bright. it. I, I, I'm actually, I'm actually trying to scoop up as much as he's of those three tight ends. Ingram's been kind of the hardest. Lolly, but Njoku's been dropped in so many leagues, it feels like, and so has Howard that it's just like, man, these guys move on to wherever. Just change the scenery. Yeah, it just it, it could do wonders for them. They're so there, I can count on one hand the teams you don't want them to land on. Not not all, the, uh, all three New going to New England. <laughs> yeah. Not not the Giants. <laughs> all three is going to the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> Philly really need, Philly really needs a Zach Ertz replacement behind Goddard. Running that three tight end set, you don't really see that often. It's a five tight end set. They're going to play it. all five. They're just going to line up Ingram and OJ Howard on the outside. Love it. Pour some water on Adam Troutman. Somebody's going to New Orleans. Adam Troutman. Just... I don't think I want any of these guys to go to New Orleans. Jeez. That I team might want... be the worst offense in football next year. I, I don't want it to happen either. Oh my they god! They don't have a quarterback on the roster that's actually signed. Oh wait, no, that's not true. They have Ian Book. I'm sorry. 
They actually have their tight end of the future there, too. Taysom, Taysom Hill? Yeah, just mistakenly playing quarterback right now. Is Taysom not signed next year? He, he had one of those weird, but he has one of those weird void contracts. Yeah. yeah. Where we signed you yeah. to a billion dollars, but it voids as soon as you sign it. because we. It was like Brady's contract, too. It was yeah. like Brady's contract with mm-hmm. Tampa yeah. this year. They use disappearing ink, so. Yeah. The money's gone. Poof. Poof. It's just like here. It's just like when I pay bills. The money's gone. Poof. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Look at all this money I got paid. And poof's gone. And it's gone. Um that cover did that cover it? Is that the show? That's That's the the show. show. That's the show. That's the show. Shane, tell people where they can find Uh, you one more time since you know we're we're a little short. Uh, we're about 30 minutes short of where we're normally at. So I figured that <laughs> given everywhere you're at, we could probably take up the full 30 minutes if you just type in your different projects. Uh, let's see. So I do the writing. Uh, well, not all the writing, but I write for the Dynasty League football, uh, fantasy data. Um, links to both of those at my, uh, what do you call that? My Twitters. You can find me at the Twitters on the, at the Shane is the worst. Uh, what else do I do? Oh, Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. <laughs> what else do I do? Oh, I Dynasty do Trades HQ. I forgot about that one. My main podcast. That's <laughs> my main podcast. That's my main. That's my main squeeze. Then I also got uh, let's see, Dynasty Trades in Five YouTube channel where we discuss trades in allegedly five minutes. Um, although we've been kind that's of impressive. going a little long, a little long lately, and we've been getting into more strategy stuff. So that's fun. That's what my buddy Scott and Clay. Um, mannequin chill, um, once in a while when me and Scott feel like doing it on the DLF YouTubes and then every Wednesday night live streaming with my dudes, Jacob and Chase for a uh, fantasy, sometimes dynasty intervention, depending on the season. Cool. That's it. Awesome. I'm at Beerfield hop, uh, shows at Beerfield on, on Twitter, Beerfield podcast on YouTube where you can catch all the content live, um, as we record it. And then, you know, after the fact. Dan? Beerfield Theory. Beerfield Theory. Figure That's if I just it. let I mean, you say your cool Twitter handle. We're not as cool as Shane and has all these side projects, you know, side pieces. I don't, that we can... I don't know if that makes me cool so much as just... I mean, it, it, I mean, it doesn't, but I just want to... I have a bunch nice. of side projects going on. There's just nothing you that have you a lot of side projects. check into. <laughs> I, I have a lot of things I do on the side, but I don't podcast about any of them. You should. No. Just podcast no. about all of them. <laughs> we'll do it on one show. Yeah. We we throw in random shows about things like that. I guarantee you, there's going to be some disc golf, some bur- some blind bourbon tastings that are just fully dedicated. We've done homebrew episodes with Chris Allen. There, we just that, that don't sticks, do football some weekends. But that still sticks with the theme. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm talking about just going off the uh, reservation. Like, yeah, I'm doing a this week. We're doing a fucking kn- knitting show. show. Yeah, yeah like, oh, we're doing crocheting. Have you heard? Let's do extreme podcasting. Crochet. We did a uh, episode on does ranch really go with everything last that year. Was, that was fucking nuts. It was terrible. It doesn't it? Doesn't it? Doesn't go with a uh, cereal. We found well, that out. We found I mean, that out. I, I, we found <laughs> that out too. It does not I, go with cereal. I tried frosted flakes. I think it was. It was not good. Ooh. When that shit curdles, it's like the worst thing in the world. It just, Wasn't that a beer so shot that it curdled in and was terrible? Yeah, no. Uh, uh. <laughs> there were a lot of bad. I threw up at one point. There were a lot of bad I, things. Yeah, I was gonna say there's lots of things that it does not go with. Does not go with ice cream. Does not go with anything 
that, that breaks it down more. You know what yeah. it does go and with, then though? lumps it up. Yeah. You know what it does go with, though? Calamari. <laughs> uh, I can't eat seafood. It's bad for you. Shout out DK Metcalf. All right. Ranch on calamari. Next time. See you guys. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry it's so short. It's long for me. Oh, no. The, it's This is actually kind of... Uh, this is where we kind of want to be. And normally we go at least another 30 to 45 minutes long. It just depends. We, went, we didn't go off the rails as much. No, it's a Tuesday night. Is it Tuesday? Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. We'll go off the rails any night of the week. We're not. They're, they're all equal <laughs> nights of railing. I usually get to... Uh... Thursdays and Fridays is when uh, I start to just not care anymore. Tuesdays, I'm still in my uh, laid-back mode. That's fair. Yeah. All right, guys. I'm going to jump in bed. And right, I didn't need to know that. I could just say I'm going to go. <laughs> see ya. I'm sick of right, your guys. faces. Thanks, buddy. I'll see you soon. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me on. I'll talk anytime. to you guys. Peace. Later. I can't get Audacity to stop recording. Like It's recording in the background. But I have an unhandled exception error, and I cannot get it to stop. <laughs> I was wondering what you were doing. <laughs> I'm trying to get the dance. so great. Oh, wait. There it is. Can you just do like, okay. So you can just do like four squit. I'm trying. I mean, I can, but then I lose the project. I lose the oh, show. Oh, that's fair. That's true. Unless it's YouTube, we do it YouTube only. I don't know what's going on, though. I, I have... I can't do anything with it. There's like a window I can't see. That's funny. There's an air there, and then there's another air that's not actually displaying. Um, <laughs> this is hilarious. It didn't it's know what. Go on forever. It doesn't know what to do. Yeah, I can't stop it. <laughs> uh oh. We're gonna have to call Shane back on. We're going again. I think you'd fall asleep. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. We're boring. <laughs> Shit. Alright. I gotta, I gotta terminate it. There's nothing else I can do. The Broncos are starting. 